Hello and welcome to the Opposite Effect Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Destiny Dado. I am one of your co-hosts, Dave Warth. Welcome. Hey. Uh, and uh, we'll get into it more later, but we are in yet another week where uh, we're recording not knowing if we'll have health insurance when the recording is done. Oh, are they doing more now? Well, because at any moment... Uh, oh, yeah, they're just going to... any moment, Trump could just be like, oh, yeah, no, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, no, you, I... I we survived uh, the legislative process, but we have not yet survived the executive douchebaggery process yeah. being run by a weak child who hates us. Yes. Yeah. We'll get into that later, though. Let's yeah, get yeah. let's get right into it. let's get right into our crazy Trump let's tweets. Let's tear this tra- crazy Trump tweet train a new train hole. I stand by it. Yep. <clears throat> what do, what do trains go through when they're going through a mountain? Train hole. Exactly. Uh, okay. Crazy what do trains tre- poop out of? Train holes. Exactly. Oh my God! They travel through. Shut up! (laughs) Shut up! Don't ever think about it. (laughs) I love reading about all the quote geniuses who were so instrumental in my election success. Problem is, most don't exist. Hashtag fake space news. Maga. This should have negated every other fake news tweet that he ever did because those people do exist yeah yeah (laughs) that that there were people who worked for him right yeah um is he saying like the stories about stephen miller were fake right kellyanne conway doesn't exist doesn't exist um what this really should have done is trigger like Article 25 of the Constitution and a bunch of guys should have just like run out with like uh, pillows and yeah. jumped on him and put him someplace soft. Yeah, because that'd be great. Like he hasn't done like a press conference since the crazy one. Oh, that was such an amazing press conference. Yeah. Uh, but immediately afterwards, people are like, hey, you don't do you that don't anymore. Do, yeah. Uh, so the only press conferences that he's done, because if you ask him, he'll say like, I do press conferences all the right. time. Um, he does the two and two mm-hmm. where, you know, if he's meeting with somebody else, like yeah. they can't not meet the, in, they can't not stand before the press because the press wants to ask that guy questions. Right. So he'll take two questions at some point. Right. Um, next time one of those is happening, I would appreciate it if one of them is like, Hey, do you think Kellyanne Conway is a ghost? I think you're all ghosts. Right. And then we go, Okay. Oh. Article 25, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, Don, I've said it before. Donald Trump thinks he's the only real one except for the daughter he wants to fuck. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> um, long. Yeah, so I mean, anybody who's like on the fake news train has to look at that and go like, okay, he's pointing to something that can't possibly be fake news. Yeah, I mean, we, we've so normalized the idea, and I hate the word normalized, but we have so normalized the idea that Trump says crazy shit on Twitter all the time that we're just sort of blowing past the fact that Trump said most of the people who <laughs> are involved in his election success don't, don't exist. exist. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. And there's no. And they're not. Gen- and they're geniuses in quotation marks. Yeah. To begin with. What? There's no follow up. To, you can't ask him questions. It's a one-way street. His Twitter profile, but like, right? And the, yeah, as you, that's an example of a tweet where we've all moved on. 
mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. It got no press attention. None. It got no water cooler time. It was just the thing that we saw that if Barack Obama or George Bush or, or Reagan or yeah. Clinton or anyone else had said, we'd be like, wait, we're going to need a lot more on that. Yes. Uh, you want to move on to our next one? Sure. Highest stock market ever. Best economic numbers in years. Unemployment lowest in 17 years. Wages rising. Border secure. S.C. Colon. No WH chaos. Now, he's tweeted about everything up until the last thing before. You know, like he likes yeah. to tout that the stock market's going really well, yep. that um, they rigged the system so that he would get a Supreme Court pick, even though yep. it's unprecedented and awful. Yep. Um, all of those things. Sure. Um, and the problem is, even if you are um, living in a cave mm-hmm. or, or any of those types of like, you just got out of a coma, uh, you know that no White House chaos is wrong because they fire every other person. The, right. the Post, which is very friendly yes, to, to Trump, to Trump yeah, yeah. did a survivor cover where they're like, who's going to be the next one voted off the island? And since then, two people have already been voted off the island. My, it's ahead of a reality show. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to posit a theorem. Okay. And the theorem is, if you have um, a list of elements, and those elements are evidence of something... And that list is over four elements long. Yeah. And the evidence thereof is lack of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> you are, in fact, illustrating chaos. Uh-huh. Because in chaotic systems, a lot of things happen. Yes. The only way you say no White House chaos is to say, and, and by the way, I want a chaotic White House. Now I, I do, want yeah. there to be a lot of shit going on in the White House because there's a lot of shit to do. Right. I want it to be. But that's not, how, that's not how you mean it. No, 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 but I want there to be controlled chaos. I want there to be like smart thinkers in place. But I want a White House that's responsive to the problems of the world, which are many. But the only way you say no chaos is with a picture of a sunset yeah. over like verdant field. That's it. That's unchaotic. And and here's the, like you have that list, right? Sure. You have that same list. But if you end it with and gravity doesn't really exist. Yeah. Then you go like, hmm. hmm. Are any of those things true then? Yeah. <laughs> Should I question it all? Yeah. Because I know there's chaos. I know there's chaos and like a lo- and honestly, I have padded a, a lot of resumes in my day. Yeah. I know what a padded resume looks like. That's a padded resume? I mean, wage, well, like the, wages rising is it, like there's there's no there's no qualifiers there. It's not saying whose wages are rising. Right, because they're not. Border secure. It could be the Canadian border he's talking about mm-hmm. or, or or our our sea borders. Like he he wants us to think of one thing, but it could mean any number of things. Um, best economic numbers in years. Point to some. Yeah. Uh, but again, for me, like in the in the padded resume, like you know, uh, motif, mm-hmm. uh, when he gets to the no White House chaos, yeah. that's like saying um, won the gold medal in swimming, yeah, in Beijing, yeah. like um, 
Are you Michael Phelps? Yeah. No. <laughs> then you didn't. Then you're obviously lying to me. Yeah. Oh, you did. You worked for four years in real estate. You uh, uh, graduated uh, uh, from uh, Bard College. My my resume could say this, yeah. and you received the Flarpen Prize. <laughs> yeah. In... Oh, and you you killed a dragon. Yeah. Too? Wow. Tell me more about this dragon that you killed. Never mind. Um, all right, you want to move on? <laughs> um, here's the, here's a really. This one shouldn't have been. We shouldn't consider this one crazy, but we do. Yeah. A great day at the White House. Yep. The day that they fired the mooch. It was the day they fired the mooch. It was the day uh, after they fired Reince. Yep. Um, there was a lot of shit going on, just generally. But you're assuming that you know everything that's going on at the White he House. Might have, I mean, he might have just tucked into a really... Uh, they might have given him three scoops. Yeah. Great day at the White House. Yeah, it, like... There would have been a movie that he meant to catch up on that he hasn't had an opportunity sure, sure. to see. Uh, he maybe got like a royal flush when he was playing cards with the Secret Service. Like, there it do, I mean, it does bring up the question, you know, it's uh, a lot of the presidency is performative, right? And like the things yeah. you hear about the president are like what he wants you to hear. But also people like talk about the president, what he's interested in. So we know... Obama loved basketball. He loved like certain TV shows. He loved to read. He was mm -hmm. very engaged in books and music and stuff like that. But all we know about this president is that he's angry all the time. Yep. He loves cable news. Mm -hmm. Like he watches it constantly and screams at it and he plays golf. Yeah. And he hates Democrats and Republicans. He hates every, I mean, he's just a hate filled man. Yeah. Uh, except for the daughter he wants to fuck, who he might also hate, yeah. but he wants to fuck her. So presumably, um, what then what makes up a good day at the White House? Right, that's my question. Like, Because it doesn't seem like Donald Trump has good days. It seems like he has things that he really enjoys, like he really likes eating shitty food, and he likes being surrounded by gold, and it, a large, large breasts, and... Um, uh, people who tell him how great he is. But, so all those things could have happened. Well, so maybe all those things did happen, but it doesn't seem like those are what he would consider. What it, I'm, I want to know what a good day is for this guy. I, here's my favorite part of it. I can't answer that question, yeah. but here's why I'm excited about this tweet. Okay. Because everything that Trump is doing wrong, every mistake that he's made... Too many. Uh, there is a tweet from a couple of years ago right. where he's criticizing the exact action yep. that is being referred yeah. to. Just this week, one came up where he would uh, critique Obama's turnover in chiefs of staff. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and people would just retweet that and go like, look, you idiot. Um, there will, if our dreams become reality, mm -hmm. be a day where he is impeached or kicked out of office. Oh, God, we're waiting for that. And that will be the Hold day this tweet. that millions of Americans will retweet great day. great day at the White House. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, yes, he, no, really, I, he has really teed that up, hasn't he? Yeah. I hope I don't have to wait a year yeah. to use it, but 
you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely retweeting the shit out of that one. Oh, my God. I should set a reminder on my phone. <laughs> um, Want to move on? Yes. <clears throat> Quote, corporations have never, his emphasis, made as much money as they are making now. End quote. Thank you, Stuart Varney at Fox and Friends. Jobs are starting to roar. Watch. I'm assuming because he is a president for the people. Right. He's the people's president. Sure. Um, he is like, uh, I believe, The Rock had the people's elbow. Right. Uh, he is the people's elbow president. <laughs> okay. Um, that he is uh, basing his feelings off of Citizens United. Right. And saying that corporations Being people. are people. Right. And those are the people that he was referring to when he was the people's president. Right. Right. I mean, it's 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 a very strange thing for a populist president to be bragging about corporate profits. It's just it, it's like he doesn't know his own brand. Well, it, here's like it would make sense if you are um, not paying attention or don't understand how money works or the economy works or a lot of things where I'm being very dismissive of people who aren't don't understand the thing I'm about to say. So I apologize. And right. Please forgive me. Um, the argument that he is making is that we all make more money because corporations are making more money. Yes, they and, have that money to invest in jobs and local economy. Yes. Right. And uh, which is the basis of trickle-down economics. Right. Um, now, the problem with trickle-down economics is that it never trickles down. And it's, it's, a, big, it's a great big lie. Right. Yeah. Um, it's been basically proven to be wrong. Which is why everything where people are like, well, don't tax the rich because the rich are the people that give money to everybody else. No, they don't. They, they keep it for them. Right. And caviar. Yeah. Because they don't have a caviar business. Because the thing is, and I've said this before, but like if you make $30,000 a year, right. you spend twenty nine five right. a year because you need to pay rent and eat food and occasionally like... Go to a movie. Yeah. Um, but if you make $10 million a year, mm -hmm. you don't spend 9.5. No. You, like, you save a bunch of that because you don't need all that money. Or you invest it in things that grow the value, like real estate or bonds or stocks right. or, or, you know, ETFs, that sort of thing. But not employees. Yeah, stuff that employs... At most, a stockbroker. Right. Who, I mean, he's a bit of a force multiplier because he has to go buy sandwiches every so often. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and this, like, we're hopping ahead a bit, but, like, this is what burnt really chaps my britches about the, like, immigration debate because, like, immigrants are enormous for force multipliers on our economy. They come in, they do jobs, they take the money they earn, and they do things like hire a dog walker. Which makes gives my, you money. Gives me money. Yeah. Um, and it's not like they do jobs at, at 4% unemployment. It's not like they do jobs that nobody else can have. Right. Like, they're not stealing a job. And the, the concept of stealing a job also normalizes right. white America in a really creepy yeah, way. They're not senior VP of some marketing firm that's the job that you really wanted to right, get. Right, right. I mean, they could be. There are certain immigrants that do that, but, you know. Yeah, sure. Google is founded by an immigrant. Right. As the, was, uh, I think, Apple. Yeah. Or um, Intel. 
Uh, point being that, like, when you're saying corporations are making more money, that's generally been the problem. Like, if we were seeing that corporations were making more money and, rage, and wages were increasing because of that, and we were always seeing an increase in standard of living, right. um, then we'd go, great, that's awesome. But we've seen corporations making more money for a while. Right. Uh, and we've seen, like, wages go up almost zero. Right. I also like that Trump is pointing out the idea that he's economically successful by quoting a D-bag on fucking Fox and Friends. Yeah. Like, there are, there are actual research papers being done all the time and economic institutes and... Uh, and a lot of them will say, yeah, the economy's going great right now because, quite frankly, the economy is not going terribly right now. It's pretty good. Don't touch it. Just leave Just it alone. Just leave it alone. Just leave it. Um, you want to move on? Yeah. Have, how many more do we have? One more. Okay. Only the fake news media and Trump enemies want me to stop using social media, parentheses, 110 million people, close parentheses, only way for me to get the truth out. We promised ourselves we would keep this short, so let's yeah. make sure we keep this short. short. Two things. It's 25 million because you're talking about four different types of social media, yeah. and those numbers are duplicated. It's not 110 sure, million. Sure, sure. You're dirty, lying sack of shit. Second of all, we have a whole segment dedicated to your tweeting, and I wish we didn't because I wish you weren't there, and I wish all these crazy things weren't being said, but we do, and we... We kind of love it in a sick, stare-at-a-car-crash kind of way. Uh -huh. And the media loves it because we get to actually find out what's in your stupid, crazy brain. Nobody wants you to stop. They want you to stop having crazy thoughts. Yeah, we don't want you to stop tweeting. We want you to stop being. Yeah. Specifically the president. Um, stop being president. Go away. You can continue tweeting either way. But as long as you're president... Oh my God! Keep 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 tweeting. Yeah. Um, and like everything you think, please no, tweet it. Like nobody wanted Hitler to give less speeches. Yeah, that wasn't the problem. No, it was what was in the speeches. And it was also, um, you know, the Jew killing. <laughs> right. Like, it wasn't the talking that. No, I understand that. I'm just saying. Everybody, the content was troubling, but it was the Jew killing that we were like, hey. Maybe not. I understand that you got to give a speech every so often, but could you not invade uh, a bunch of Western Europe and yeah. rain bombs down on... No. So we'll agree both were bad. Both the speeches... Speeches were bad. Yeah, but not the act of giving speeches. No, it's fine. Go, Go ahead. Go give ahead. as many speeches as you want that please, don't involve please killing Please tweet, Jews. because every moment you're tweeting is a moment you're not doing anything. Yes. All right. You goddamn um, sociopath. Let's get off the craziness. And let's move into this week in smoke, which should really continue to be this week in fire. Yeah. Because we've already had fire. We, we're like pretending we didn't. We're pretending that they didn't admit to, to colluding. <laughs> they admitted to colluding. Right. Well, they, we'll go with this week in continued smoke off of the fire that we've already established is there. This week in how the fuck is this still a thing? He did it. It happened. Um, all right. So first and foremost, just today... Donald J. Trump signed the sanctions bill that um, uh, 
sanctions Vladimir Putin and a bunch of uh, Russian oligarchs directly um, for their interference in the election. Um, it was pa- it was passed by veto-proof majorities in the House and Senate. It also sanctions North Korea and and, uh, and Iran yeah. as well. Um, Putin was pissed. He kicks it. He kicked a bunch of he he sorry he forced american diplomats in russia to cut their diplomatic staff by 755 people to equal the number uh, that are in number in america um and donald trump responded with a harshly worded statement of no words about that no he released a harshly worded statement to the congress that gave him yeah. the veto proof majority. majority um he, in fact, his statement about his signing statement mentioned his business success, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, he uh, so all that happened. Uh, Putin has thus far not released a tape of Donald Trump urinating on anybody or getting urinated on or watching people urinate. Which it's coming though. It's I so feel coming. Like, I feel like we're still in the. Putin's fine with this. Everything that makes Donald Trump look weak, he's happy about. Because he just wants us to be sad. Did you see the Dmitry Medvedev? Uh, oh yeah, tweet? his tweet about how like this is the, this is just an example of how weak the American presidency is. Or whatever. yeah, in such a humiliating kind of way. Uh, they like they took power, executive power away from the president in the most yeah. humiliating way possible. Yeah, I, like, I hate to be on Russia's side here. No, I lo- like. I'm only on their side because their troll game is so strong. They're so, they're so good at it. Like, I'm really impressed with how, like, just a little, like, little just pokes in the side. I had a chilling thought about Putin, which is, like, maybe we're looking at the wrong guy for Hitler. Maybe it's Vladimir Putin. That, how do you mean? He's clearly, like, pure evil. Oh, yeah. willing to do just about anything for power. Uh, He wants to expand Russia. Yeah, and he has nukes, and um, what's he willing to do? He's only 64 years old. Yeah. He could be around for a while. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating that he, him dying in office. That could be 20 years from now. Oh, no, I, I agree with you, but, like, um, I don't think anybody's doubting that, like, he's got Hitler-esque qualities. Yeah. Um. What I, I guess I like, I don't know why that surprised you. It doesn't. It just it, uh, it was more like, well, where follow that thought? You know, where does it go? How do you mean? If he's like, got Hitlerike, then he starts going. Yeah, that he starts Hitlering. Yeah, um, and, and to be clear, like Hitler committing the Holocaust um, was was terrible, but the terrifying thing about Putin as a Hitlerian figure would be that Putin would want to expand Russian spheres of influence outward in the same way that Hitler swept into Western Europe. Mm. Um, he'd want to take the stands. He'd want to take Belarus. He'd want to take Ukraine. He'd want to, but, he'd want to march into Turkey, maybe. But and, there's always going to be a superpower in the United States that's yeah. going to stand up to him sure. and say, hey, I've had it with your shit. No more. Right? No. What? No. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, I, like, again, like, even 
like I it's not that I don't want to believe all of the Russia stuff because I I already believe it. Sure. But if I was a if I was on the other side when I hear that like hey everyone in America agrees that these guys mess with our election. I've seen you tweet about Korea. I've seen you tweet about like China. I've seen you tweet about England. I've seen you tweet about Iran. I've seen you tweet about Germany. I've seen you tweet about just about everybody. And then, but Russia, for some reason, yeah, you won't touch. Yeah, yeah. And then your Secretary of State, who's been given eighty million dollars to fight the crazy propaganda that's happening, was like, "Nah, yeah, I'm good. Pass, pass. We don't need it." Yeah. Um, and the only comment that you have with this is, "You're really fucking my shit up." Yeah. With my ability to like negotiate with these guys, they're not trying to negotiate back with you. They don't want to negotiate. They want to fuck with us. Yeah. They want to fuck with you. They're fucking with you. Yeah. So just but one time, just one one time, do something that doesn't feed perfectly into the fucking narrative. Just one thing. Nope. Nothing. Um, speaking of feeding the narrative, mm-hmm. Don Jr. is back in the news. Yay. Yay. So remember how, uh, like, Five days ago, <laughs> we found out that Don Jr. had colluded with Russia. It was a little bit longer than five it days was, ago. Like, but. Yeah, it was five years. Um, uh, so he, uh, remember that? And remember, if you throw your mind back, how, like, he kept releasing statements. And every time he would release a statement, the New York Times would dial him up and be like, hey, buddy, you know that statement you released? Here's the thing. It's not true. We have, like, incontrovertible proof that what you said is not what happened. Yeah. Well, the first time he released one of those statements about, and we're discussing specifically the meeting he had uh, with a bunch of Russians. About adoption. About, (laughs) that's what the statement said, uh, at at Trump Tower. Um, The first time he released a statement about it, it said simply that he had met this woman, a friend of her, a friend of his, a mutual friend had set up the meeting. He didn't know who she was. He went into it with an open mind, and she just wanted to talk about adoption. Mm-hmm. All that is false. Mm-hmm. In all the ways it could be false. In all, in every way it could be false, and has been proven false by the email chain that the New York Times put out, and that Don Jr. confirmed as real. By tweeting it. Mm-hmm. So, the thing about it is, apparently, is that on the plane back from the G20 summit, everybody suddenly became aware that this was going to be a thing. And everybody's talking to everybody else, and you got Don Jr.'s lawyers over in one corner, and the Kushner axis in another corner, and they're all hashing it out. And I'm sure... We can take them at their word that the Kushners were like, we should come clean with everything. We should just go to the press, do a sit-down interview, and talk it out. And all the lawyers in the room were like, definitely, that's what we should do, get ahead of this. So they made that plan. And then they brought it to the big guy up front. And he wrote the statement. Now, now that's... That's the area that I have trouble with, because I am confident 
that uh, he that was he involved write, in that the he statement. Cannot write and read. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the argument was that he dictated. Uh, they said he dictated the statement. Right. So uh, I am confident what happened is he said some random words that were that was the gist of the statement, and then somebody said, "Okay, we can't release this. Right. Let me let me go work on it for a little while, yeah. and then we'll release it." So when he says like. Well, I helped with it. Yeah. It was because before that, it was, fuck you, I do what I want. Right. Like, my Trump out. A, yeah. My, son, my son's a Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, and I, then between them. Yeah. And when the true story came out, yeah. Trump said, hey, I'm finding out about this like you guys. Yeah. I didn't know that. I I, as far know. as I knew, he was just meeting yeah. about adoption. I like. Total lie. I like, by the way, because I've. Listen, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of stuff. Yeah. Most of the stuff about this, when examining its legality, has said, all right, first and foremost, it's not technically illegal for the president to lie to you. Yep. <laughs> so, great. Um, that's true. However, it is illegal to knowingly obstruct justice. Yes. And... To craft a statement designed to throw off an investigator who would definitely be seeking to discuss something with a witness to a possible crime. Yeah, and it's a little bit shakier ground for lawyers to lie to the public in that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jay Sucklow, who's, uh, who's Trump's personal attorney, said that Trump had no knowledge of any of this. Nothing to do with nothing it. Nothing to do with it. Said it at a couple different times on live tele on on TV. Yeah, which I kept hearing lawyers be like, "You moron!" Yeah, you could have just said, "As far as my client tells me, you had nothing to do yeah, with it, no, and said, you'd have covered yourself." Yeah, you fucking idiot. Yeah, no, these. I mean, like the Trump era is going to be read about for years in law schools. Yeah, just as like what not to do. I, I the thing is, I'm picturing a bunch of seventh graders. Reading all of this, yeah, and then just one of them being like, um, "But why? Yeah, why would you do that? Why would? Like, it? Yeah, this is, I mean, these are like some of the greatest cell phones and own goals that have ever been expressed. Yeah, like this man is just a failure machine. Yep, because uh, like at the time, like Kushner knew he was going to be interviewed. By the special counsel, yeah. he knew he was gonna have to. He was gonna get asked about this question. Yeah, he was the one who put it on the fucking like security. Yeah, yeah. Thing, so he knew it was coming up. Yeah, he had to know that just full on lying about it was gonna put him in some real shaky ground. Yeah, which is why Kushner's statement contained like as aggressive uh, uh, a a uh, bus throwing under as you could have. Yes. Of Don Jr. And he, it was like, I left the meeting early. I can prove I left the meeting early. And as far as I know, and I underlined here, yeah. there was no collusion. But these motherfuckers, but who I knows? I don't know what anybody <laughs> else did. Uh, are we going to move on? Sure thing. Um, so this is a really weird story that came up this week. But it has, and I mean... There are no reliable narrators in it. It has the potential, though, to be imp like impressively huge. Right. And just, it's a lawsuit. It's not specifically a news story. Right. Uh, and so it could, NPR was it's just given, accusations. Yeah. NPR was given the, um, uh, 
the filing and 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 ran it. And the lawsuit has been filed by a guy by the name of Rod Wheeler. Uh, Rod Wheeler appeared on Fox for years. He's kind of a public. He's kind of a private investigator, but also a pundit. Um, he but very Fox friendly. Very very Fox friendly. And uh, he filed the lawsuit against Fox News. Wheeler alleges um, that he was approached by this guy named Ed Butowski mm-hmm. on behalf of Seth Rich's parents. Seth Rich, you'll recall, was the relatively low-level DNC staffer who was killed in what the D.C. police say was a robbery gone back bad. He was shot in the back in the very early morning hours one day, um, shortly before WikiLeaks started. Uh, WikiLeakin. WikiLeakin. And WikiLeaks, because Julian Assange is apparently one of the most awful men in the world, um, may, without stating that Seth Rich was uh, their source, mm-hmm. because he wasn't, but uh, through a lot of like, ooh, in its general. Who direction. knows who it could have been? What? Been? So um, the the Reddit Osphere and the Pepe's started running with the idea that Hillary Clinton had had Seth Rich murdered for Pizzagate. Uh, no, for um, uh, for leaking to WikiLeaks, and uh, they they'd had him killed that there was this big, massive cover-up and that the Russians didn't actually hack any emails. It was all given to them by this low-level DNC staffer who wouldn't mm-hmm. have had access to any of these emails. So that's where that stood for a long time. Ed Batowski comes to Rod Wheeler says, I want to help uh, the riches get some closure here, so I would like you to do some investigating. And Wheeler's like, Sure. Starts looking into it, finds some stuff. It's all whatever. Yeah. Um, He goes back and Fox is like, all right, cool. Um, Let's start getting this ready. They start putting it together and Butowski starts going to Wheeler. Listen, we should go and meet with Sean Spicer about this. Yeah. You know who would find this interesting? The president would find this interesting. Now, there are texts... Uh, that of Butowski stating to Wheeler, this has been shown to the president and he wants it out now. Whether or not that's the case, whether or not Butowski was just talking a good game, whatever, um, the obvious implication is we want you to run with what you got on this. This was around the time I mean, the Russia stuff has haunted the presidency, but this was around the time it was starting to get really hot. So the thinking is Fox started acting as an arm of the presidency trying to distract people mm-hmm. with this relatively ginned-up story. They went with a story when they started uh, actually reporting it that cited Wheeler in several places saying things like, I found like some significant evidence here right. and stuff like that. Wheeler is suing because he never said those things. Yes. And Fox had to retract the story ultimately, though they have done very little retracting of it. Right. They just 
printed a little statement and like walked away. And technically, I think there were certain things that he said where basically they were like, "Hey, for the promo, can you like, yeah, can you can, can you, you tease it in a certain yeah. way? Can you tease that? Uh, like, I, I one of the ones I recall was the his statement was basically they came to me and said, "There's evidence uh, mm-hmm. that this this is that that Seth Rich was murdered uh, by you know." It, it, uh, that Seth Rich's murder was not by as a robbery gone wrong or something like that. Yeah. And he said, Oh really? Yeah. So what we need you to do tonight is say for part of the teaser that this, that you've been told there's evidence. Right. And then he did that. And then they ran his thing as if he was the one telling us that there was evidence. That there was evidence. Yes. Yeah. Now in some ways outside of the, like just straight up like Reddit at the Donald, Sure. World, it may have died down because right. it was a ridiculous story that ultimately nobody cared about. Right. Uh, I mean, if Seth not, Rich's family. It's Seth Rich's family did. Um, but they also don't think he was anything but. Yeah. Robbed. Uh, but if not for Sean Hannity, who took it on himself to be the guardian of this, right, and push it for weeks, right, until Fox basically had to be like, "Hey, uh, Sean, we need you to." Yeah, why don't you sit out a few? There was a, a, a hot second there where it looked like Sean Hannity was going to get fired over this. Right. Um, and he hasn't spoken about it since. Since. Uh, but yeah, now the report is saying that, like, basically Trump was the one who was pushing this out. Mm-hmm. And we know, based on the leak that happened last week, that Sean Hannity and Trump have dinner together. Yep. They hang out. Yep. So it's not unrealistic to think that they were in fact planning a way for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's a crazy ass story. Um, and Clinton V Jones proved that the city, a sitting president can be deposed. Yep. Um, and there's a decent chance it might happen. If this I'm not. I'm not a legal thinker of any any caliber. But if this stays, it seems like they're going to have to start deposing people. Yep. Dot dot dot. I'm super looking forward to it. Ugh. Um. Cool. You want to move on to? Uh, I, I believe we're moving on to uh, this week in uh, rinse and repeat. Uh, rinse and repeat. Yes. Um. Uh. So. I w- I don't know how you guys. I don't know how do you sleep. Um, <laughs> Uh, I one eye open. Yeah, uh, cradling a shotgun. Um, I went to bed Thursday night, being like, "Motherfucking fuck, John McCain, you fucking mer." Right. If you listen to last week's podcast, I basically did a greatest hit segment of John McCain um, being being bad, and uh, definitely went to bed Thursday night with just like. Uh, uh, like a, a, a little McCain pothole that I was grinding in two of yeah. my molars. Um, woke up Friday morning, walked over to the couch, sat down on it, and was like, all right, fuck, might as well find out what happened, as if I don't know, open my computer, look at it. And I think I scared my wife with how loud I yelled, holy fuck! Yep. Um... So that was different, an unexpected W. Yeah, I, I was trying to find, uh, it was probably an email, I thought it was on text message, but like I got an e- a message from you like, so is, 
McCain good again? Like, is, <laughs> do we do we like him now? Um, what? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I've always liked John McCain. Always thought he was a maverick. Yeah, trying to buck trends. Uh, no, you know what? Fuck John McCain. Still, like, I'm not. I like, quite frankly, if John McCain had had like the actual interests of the country in mind and actually the interests of the Senate in mind, uh, which he kept saying you know, he did, he wouldn't have, like, clothed himself in all this glory. He would have just voted against the motion to proceed. The, the fact that they had a motion proceed gave them another, like, two days to lean on Murkowski and Collins and everybody else to try and get to 51. Like, they could, yeah. it could have still happened. And McCain, like, swept in to steal a bunch of glory from a bunch of people who really did put their asses on the line. McCain's on his way out, you know, uh, and that's very sad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I can understand not wanting to vote to like murder a bunch of people under those circumstances. But like, there is another sitting senator. It's a senator from Hawaii who has cancer and who literally gave a m- multiple speeches on the Senate floor, being like, "Please don't do this. I have cancer." Yeah. Um, and now everybody wants to suck. John McCain's old old limpy. Um, I'm sure that's what he calls it. Yeah. Regardless, uh, I'm so glad it happened. I'm glad it happened. Um, I also am very sad that this is what c- counts as a win for us because, like, just protecting very, very imperfect and not particularly first world healthcare systems uh, is something like we. It's the best we're going to get for a while, but Jesus Christ, is this really... Right, but if it gets us to some bipartisan goodness, yeah. which it may or may not, we will see. We'll see. Uh, but the thing is, there's a chance that we don't ever get there, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, because there are so many ways the president can fuck it up and then yeah. go, see, I told you it was going to be shit. Uh, I mean, he- they're all super obvious, but we live in such fractured media landscape, uh, except for our listeners, who I'm sure like run the gamut of opinion. But like... <laughs> um, it, like the president can refuse to like fund a bunch of different types of payments. Um, he can refuse to pr- promote the idea that you should sign up for Obamacare, which he's already doing. Which he's already doing. He's you know there there are a bunch of different ways he can subtly and not so subtly impact Obamacare as functional. Right. And he, he start can, to death spiral the market. He can tell the IRS to not enforce the individual sure. mandate, in which case a bunch of people will potentially drop out of it, and then make it more expensive for everybody else who's in there. Right. He can, every time he says death spiral, he's got the ability to death spiral. Right. And the fact that he's keeping it over the insurance company's heads and our heads pretty much forever Yeah. Um, is only going to make the situation worse right. and only going to booster his case of, look, see how bad it got? Right. And if you don't understand it, then you'll just think like, oh my God, why isn't anybody doing anything about this? And it's like, well, he's the one who, who did right. it. At the same time, he is the president. Like, you know, people were very cranky with Obama for a lot of his presidency because the economy wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obama wasn't president when the economy went to shit. Yeah. You know, um, but he owned it. Right, because Unlike he, was Trump. Pre- he was the president at yeah. that point, and he could say you know, as much as he wanted, and he did. Listen, we inherited a really, a really rough hand here. We're doing our best, 
Um, the people didn't really care that much. They didn't. They wanted jobs and 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 food. Um, same with Trump. If like the insurance markets crash under Trump, you can say he can say all he wants. Well, this is evidence that Obamacare wasn't working, but people will still be like, yeah, but I need to pay for broken leg now. Yeah. Well, Congress. But my broken leg. Right. But con- but go to Congress and they'll wrap up your leg because that's that's, that's what they that's should how do. This now. works now. Yeah. Yeah. So go to your go to your local senator and say, hey, I need a new liver. Yeah. Get on it. Get on it, guy. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm happy that they, I'm happy that, I'm happy with anything that makes Mitch McConnell look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that a bunch Oh, that, Mitch McConnell makes Mitch McConnell look like an idiot. I know, I'm so happy with him. I'm happy that, like, you know, I, I'm not going to front, I spent, like, two hours wa- just watching the tape over and over of McCain putting his thumb down and dissecting mm-hmm. who everybody in the room was and yeah. being like, ooh, Bernie Sanders knew what was coming, and ooh, I don't think Elizabeth Warren did, and, like, yeah. you know... Chuck Schumer was like, hey, don't celebrate too much. Yeah, yeah, and, like, watching Marco Rubio chew his gum angrily, and uh, just, I just... I wanted to take insurance away from people so bad. Ah, uh, God, you know, if these guys really did care about helping people out, and this is a bipartisan thing because I'm sure people would line up on the right to do this to the left... I think they would like just let everybody who wanted to pay five bucks to like take one shot at them. You mm-hmm. know, like if I could, I would pay $500 to par- punch Marco Rubio in his face. Yeah. There's, I don't care what charity that went to. <laughs> I would give it to Marco Rubio. To right. Oh, yeah. No, I would totally Marco do it. Rubio yeah. In his face. The, the I was talking, or not talking. I was listening to Bernie Sanders. I wasn't talking to Bernie Sanders. Now you and Bernie were hanging out. Yeah, uh, we were talking about like the the ugly truth about um, uh, like a single payer, yeah, kind of thing, uh, where you know they're like, well, how will you do that without raising taxes? And he was kind of like, well, we're gonna raise taxes. We're gonna raise taxes. Yeah. It's like, but if you were paying twelve thousand dollars a year for health insurance for your family, and I raise your taxes eight thousand dollars. You save four thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, like the whole taxation argument is like redonkulous. Yeah, it's and uh, I really the fact that taxation is such a fucking nightmare for so many people. Like the idea of like raising taxes and the idea that taxing is bad is like I don't like to pay my taxes because I don't like the physical act of like watching money leave me. Yeah. But I love roads. Mm-hmm. Dams are so cool. Um, I, I like having a functional military to protect me from whatever I need protecting from. I don't necessarily love the cops all the time, but I, but you like the, I, you I like, like the concept being able of to them. call them and be like my downstairs neighbor is hitting somebody he shouldn't be hitting, and that has happened, you know. Um, uh, right, you you get good goods and services. You get for a them return on taxation, and I don't under like people. Yeah, people are dumb. People they, are dumb about taxes. And to me, and then we'll move on to our next. Topic. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to, you know. No, I'm no, we should. we should. Um, to me, the issue with it, and I think we spoke about this in previous podcasts, is people are saying, like, I should have the freedom. The government shouldn't tell me. I should have the freedom to not have health insurance. 
Right. I should have the freedom to make that choice. Like, that's a thing that people kind of want. And the truth of the matter is, nobody doesn't want health insurance. They just want it affordable. They, they just want, want it well, realistic. They want the money more. And there are people yeah. who would definitely make the dumb decision, even if health insurance was like $25. Yeah. There are definitely people who would make the decision to be like, nah, pass. But that is how insurance works. Mm-hmm. The only way insurance works is to have a pool of healthy people. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on uh, to what I was calling this week in like, like, how could it be any worse? Which was what Trump had said. Like, hey, you know, like, you know. What do you got to lose? What do you, yeah, what do you got to lose? Yeah, yeah that's what do you got to lose? Yeah, yeah. Um, this week we're finding out yeah. what you got to lose. Um, yeah, he, uh, well, first and foremost, he spoke to two different organizations. He spoke to the Boy Scouts. Yep. And he spoke to the Suffolk County Police Department. And after he had uh, both institutions had to apologize. Yep. (laughs) Which is great. Not to Uh, the president, but to to America. America. Um, In the case of the Suffolk County PD, he kind of suggested that uh, they could beat up their uh, suspects if they wanted, which was um, obviously terrible, but also ironic because one of them had just been arrested for sexually assaulting a suspect. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Um, Although I'd like to point out that, you know, there, there are many reasons where you could feel this, but like if, um, if, if a speaker says something terrible and everybody applauds it, yeah, it's not just the speaker's fault. No, no, no. Yeah. Like they all laughed and applauded. And at the, at Boy Scouts, they all like booed Obama and chanted, make America great again. Uh, you know, I, listen I mean, to orgy talk. I, yeah, they listened to him give a weird thing about orgies, but like. I was never a Boy Scout um, because I thought the idea of joining like sort of a quasi-military organization as a child was creepy. Yeah. And I'm right about that. Uh, yeah, I was in it for the, for the racing, the little wooden cars. Sure, sure. Um, but I am correct about that if you watch an entire stadium full of children chanting like about how terrible Hillary Clinton is. Oh no! It was Hitler Youth. It was yeah, like straight it was, up. It was straight, straight up Hitler up Youth. Fucking creepy shit. Um, All right, let, but let's get into the bigger thing. So then, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, up next, Trump is go- Trump's Justice Department has put forward a memo seeking attorneys who want to fight against white discrimination on college campuses, specifically as regards affirmative. Action. Uh, I would say they're oversimplifying. Okay. All this. Right. Because it's not just about white discrimination. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. It's white male yeah. discrimination. Yeah. Because you don't want people looking out for women either. No. Or minorities. No. Or anything. I mean, if there's one thing that Donald Trump's presidency is evidence of... It's that white men have a really hard time of it. Yeah. And, you and have to be so qualified as a white male to get anywhere, let alone the presidency. Here, here's the argument as it, like, I basically heard it. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's no question that uh, women have it harder in the workplace. Sure. There's no question that 
minorities have it harder in the workplace. Sure. Now, the person who was making the original argument was saying, like, haven't we done enough? It's been, like, you know, many years. We've, yeah. like, aren't we done with that now? Yeah. And to which the person uh, on the other side was like, no. <laughs> what? Um, sure. But, like, if you just take for granted, like, both of those things are true. Mm-hmm. Right? The argument is, like, while I agree with you on that, what that does is it ignores the fact that, like, outnumbering the number of, like, like uh, black people who are being right. uh, segregated against, or whatever, or being prejudiced against, uh, and even potentially the number of women who are in that situation, is uh, poor white males mm-hmm. who now through no fault of their own in that same kind of way, uh, are missing out on opportunities in favor of other groups, aren't we at a point where this number is so huge and we're ignoring all of them? Like, when you go by percentage of it, shouldn't we be spending a lot of time on poor white white males uh, because they're being harmed at a much greater number than the minority of folks are? Shouldn't we be looking out for those people? Okay. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I'm presenting the argument. Um, and it's wrong. Right. Uh, but I understand, like, if you are a Trump supporter, it's like right in your wheelhouse. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's specious. It's not, it's not fact-based, and it's not... I mean, it, it's fact-based to some degree. It's fact-based in the sense that, like, the number of poor people so the number of poor in this country who are white greatly outnumbers the number of people who are black and poor. Uh, because the number of people right, in this country who are white... Of, the number of people who are black in this country is 16% of the country. Right. Right. And the number of... And the percentage of those people who are poor is much greater in the black community than the white community. Well, I'm with you on that. Um... Quite frankly, like if you want to redraw demographics uh, and 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 weightings to include uh, certain economic factors, I think those are already in there. Quite frankly, but they're but I mean they're they're not like there there is no. Uh, I mean I use this loosely, but there is no like poor white guy from a farm scholarship. In the same way there is, like, scholarships for African Americans or, right. you know, like... And I know I'm exaggerating because I'm sure there are, yeah. but not, like... Yeah. I mean, like, look, in areas where there are um, need-blind scholarships, mm-hmm. and there are need-blind scholarships all over, in areas that are rural, those need-blind scholarships go to white people mm-hmm. because that's who's there. Right. And there's, I haven't, I haven't looked at the numbers on this, but I assume there are a lot of those. As, as regards, like, putting a thumb on the scale one direction or another, affirmative action has been good for more people than it has been bad for. Yes, there are going to be people who do not get in to uh, certain institutions, but, like, here's the thing about affirmative action as discussed by white people mm-hmm. is when it's just white people in the room, they say things. And if you're listening, 
gets very interesting very fast. How do you mean? So there's one time, this guy I know from Kansas, who uh, worked professionally in theater. Okay. Like, had a theater job. Um, he loves NASCAR. And he said to me once, you know, I was up for my dream job working at NASCAR. I was like, oh, yeah, what happened? He was like, I gave it to a black guy. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, they told me they had to give it to a black guy. I was like, okay. And the heavy implication was, and I was more qualified than that black guy, which I'm not even going to go near. Like, Mm. I don't know how you quantify that. But if you think about NASCAR, if you have two equally qualified candidates Mm. and one of them is African-American, yeah, you hire the African-American because you're NASCAR. Right. I've been to a NASCAR event. Yeah. I'm sure that everybody at NASCAR knows the name of that guy because he's the one African-American guy that works on NASCAR. Right. Like... Diversity is also a force multiplication, force multiple, multiplier, force multiplication event. I wanted okay. to say for some reason, but yes, for, diversity is also a force multiplier. The more diverse uh, elements you bring in, the more your chances of bringing more people to the table. NASCAR is interesting to white people, but it's not because African Americans don't like watching car crashes. Mm. It's because if you turn on the TV and they interview a driver, he talks like, and everybody in the booth is talking like, you know, and I like watching it, but I also don't feel implicated by it. I don't feel like uh, thrown out by it. I right. don't feel like it's not for me. It's a little bit not for me because I just did that thing with my voice right there. Yeah. But, um, you know, like there's enough I can get over to enjoy mm. watching car crashes that way. Um, and, and so I assume, you know, a lot of people would enjoy that too, if they just felt a little bit more welcome by the event. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is like, White people, when they're in a room together and they think they're all the same kind of white, will talk about affirmative action that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the backstory here. Whether or not there is some minor unfairness to a certain percentage of white people, um, affirmative action's goal is specifically to not to worsen that but it's also not necessarily to address that. There are many systemic ways in which whiteness is upheld by our society. Mm-hmm. Did, did go you, address, go work on those. Did you, you know? did you see the picture going around about the uh, interns from last year versus the interns from this year? Yes. Uh, that one black kid who's just sort of sitting there like, why am I here? Yeah. They're, they're, it, look it up if you haven't seen it. Basically, they're... Um, there's like, they have the interns from last year, which it's about like, say 200 people. Yeah. Um, 200 at the people, White House. Yeah, yeah, at the White House. That run like, they're about as diverse. Like, I would say, like, if we're talking about percentage of people, sure. like, 
more diverse than America is. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot like being on the seven train. Yes, yeah. um, it is. Uh, it was a very diverse collection of folks. Yes. Um, and some might argue that, you know, Obama in his White House was over indexing on diversity. Some might, but fuck those people. Right. I'm just saying like you could look at it and you go like, OK, well, he's beating the percentages there. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Like but, when I say uh, over indexing. I mean, yeah. He, he's he's over. He's. He's giving people a chance who weren't given chances by other presidents. Right. Now, fast forward to this year, there's one non-white yeah. I th- person. I looked closely. In- I think there's an Asian kid as well. Okay. So uh, two people that don't fall under the Cock- Hitler youth. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, and I'm not saying any of them are Nazis or anything like that, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, but they were, it's a very, um, it's a lot of chads I, I mean, in the... In the list. There's not a lot of rainbow to the Pantone chips. Yeah. Um, So affirmative action is basically that, saying, like, left to their own devices, a lot of groups will choose the the all-white thing. Like, they shouldn't, but let's face it, sometimes they are. Right. Let's make an effort to prevent that. Right. And these are the people who, by the way, have no problem with legacy. Right. You know? Like, Kushner got into Harvard as a legacy, and only after his dad gave Harvard $2 million. Yep. Because Kushner was a shitty student in high school. I, uh, ah. Yeah, uh, let's move on to the second thing, because we are already, like, way over time. So, yes, we... Which, I think this is our... opposite effect for the week. Yeah. Um, so, Trump and a couple of senators got together and... Um, hot box room with their farts. And uh, what came out was some draft legislation to have legal immigration mm-hmm. in 10 years. Uh, right now, about a million uh, green cards are given out every year. There's a lottery of 50,000 people who are just granted citizenship. And there's, um, you know, about, uh, like about 85,000 refugees are allowed in every year, which is a stunningly small amount. Um, and uh, they want to have all that. Uh, chop it right in half. The good news is it probably requires 60 votes in the Senate, and would, and, and even if it didn't, it probably wouldn't get 50. But um, the bad news is that the president wants to do this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... It's unnecessary. It's stupid. There's a lady who stands in New York Harbor with a bunch of nice words on on yeah. her about that. Um, I, you, I, I don't know anybody. I literally do not know anybody who has to go back farther than great grandparent. And I want you to think back. Take a moment. All right. Go, like, you know, going back. Going uh, back. I want you to go back. Three minutes. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about affirmative action. Yeah. You remember that? I do. You remember who was arguing against affirmative action? Uh-huh. Um, that same group. Yeah. When asked, well, why are you doing this? Right. Why, why is this a good idea? And it's like, well, you got to look out for African-Americans. Right. You got to look out for Hispanic folks. 
who are having you, their jobs stolen right. by these shifty immigrants. Right. Who's looking out for these people yeah. if not for us? Right. They need to get good jobs. Yeah, Stephen Miller st- stood there today in the White House press briefing room and bald-facedly said that. Like, just... with And, and didn't burst into flames. Uh... Yeah. I it, mean, he clearly got eaten further from the inside. Stephen Miller is 31 years old, guys. Yeah. Look at a picture of him. Uh, another good Google, because I was watching it right before this, is the uh, uh, Jim Acosta, Stephen Miller, like, Jim Acosta back and forth. is about a minute from just chucking something at somebody <laughs> in that room. He really is. I, um, he is stopped. He, I don't want to say he stopped caring because he cares. No, but he is so frustrated and angry. It's not even that he is like, uh, the this president is evil and this is a this is a terrible and evil process. He's just finding the entire like I, I, I get the feeling from Jim Acosta of a man who has stood in line at the DMV for four hours, gotten to the front of it, and had the woman go oh, you are in the blue line and you need to be in the green line. Yeah. And he looks over at the green line and it's twice as long as the blue line is. And he's like, well, can't you just... All I need is my... I just need my picture retaken because it doesn't look like... Can't you just do it? And there's like an open camera. He can see the cameras right there. Just take my picture. Right, and the person's like, oh, we don't have cameras here. I just need this right now. Please. I totally would, but there's no camera. God! God. And then like... Three minutes later, from the outside, there are just cop cars out front, and Jim Acosta yeah. is um, tossed into the back of a wagon. Yeah, um, most questions he asks are have a like a implied. Are you fucking kidding me? But like this interview was just full on. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Uh, um, and it was basically like, yeah, um, Statue of Liberty says all of these things. We all kind of collectively as a country agreed that that was where we right. were going to go with it. Are you basically saying not anymore? Well, uh, Jim, let me remind you that um, that poem on the base of the Statue of Liberty was added later. Right, which should make it more meaningful because you could make the argument about the Statue of Liberty. One of those things that I never really paid attention to as a kid, sure. the Statue of Liberty was sent to us oh, by, by France. By the French? Right. You want the French... To right. have some sort of say over us. So you could make the argument that, like, well, the French wrote that, but they didn't. We added it. Jim, I'm just going to stare at you and eat this very sloppy, <laughs> sloppy Joe. I thought you were going to say, baby. <laughs> I was 100% confident that no, you were going to say, I'm going like to eat Steven, this, this like sloppy, Steve, sloppy baby. I feel like Stephen Miller eats nothing but sloppy Joes. Like, four sloppy Joes a day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and dessert, Sloppy Joes. I understand that people like Sloppy Joes, but don't. Um, <laughs> have more respect for yourself than a Sloppy Joe. You're not seven. Um, anyway, um, so basically, like, uh, they want to make sure that it's, it's entirely need-based. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, you're a super talented individual who speaks great English. Yeah, they're gonna, they're, they want, there's an English test now to get... Um, to get citizenship, though you don't, you, there are exemptions you can get uh, as part of the citizenship test. There are exemptions if you're over 50, if you've been in the country for a long time, etc. cetera. Uh, and the country itself has no language requirement. Um, they want to make English a necessary 
requirement, like speaking English, a requirement for entry, which is just that you don't get more fucked up and racist than that. Right. I mean, you do all the time watch the news, but like as a, as a matter of, as a matter of public policy, that is one of the more bold facedly like they're just saying what they should be not saying right, right. now things. Um, so, I mean, it's not an argument that we should have to make. No. But the thing is, like, as we've all learned and realized since we were little fucking kids, is that what makes America great is that we take the best parts of all the other countries and we learn and we meld the cultures together and we have this acceptance and this freedom to be who you want to be and do things the way you want to do them. And, like, we are that melting pot. Mm. And... With all of the, like, times that I've heard things are un-American, going against that is, like, the most un-American thing. I'm just going to stand here and eat a sloppy joe while I listen to you. It's very inspiring, though. The minute we start giving in on, (laughs) on that type of thing is the minute we stop being the America that we all say that we're going to be. And I get that you can go to those small towns where none of those immigrants ever end up going, except for one fucking Chinese family who owns a Chinese food place. Uh, and I don't understand how that works, but it's true. Every town's got one. Yeah. Um, I got some burger meat on my tie. Uh, know that everything that you're experiencing, what you're seeing on TV, well, the music that you're hearing, all of that is brought to you by that clash of cultures. Otherwise, it would all be country music. And again, I guess I understand that there are certain towns... Well, that would be totally fine. But that's not who we are. Uh, you're really distracting me with the noises. Um, Try being around Stephen Miller. All he does is these fucking sloppy jokes. No, I wouldn't. And they only wheel Stephen Miller out when they know it's going to be awful. Yeah, he's like they open the casket and he's like in there like fucking Dracula. Yeah. Uh, they remove the garlic fucking thing that they have to put around his, his neck to control him. Yeah, I, I saw like... Before I knew what he was speaking about, I saw a tweet where somebody said, you know, spotted Stephen Miller in the house. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. We haven't heard from him in a while. And whenever we do, we hate it. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, what we'd like to direct some uh, of your fundraising dollars away from this week, uh, specifically to the opposite effect. Um, we'd like to ask you to join us in supporting the National Immigration Law Center this week. Uh, you can find them at N. ILC.org. Uh, they are a great institution that um, works in uh, primarily the legal space for immigrant rights and to protect immigrants to this country. And whether this will, n- again, this bill is very unlikely to be successful in any meaningful way, but whether or not it is, there are a lot of things that people uh, will take from this both in the public and in uh, legislative circles. And they're going to be a target. Those things uh, are going to need some pushback. So if you can support the National Immigration Law Center, please do this week. All right. Thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.